Hello and welcome to Heal, Love and Grow with Hasina. Thank you for joining me as we embark on a journey of healing the mind, body and soul through stories of perseverance, love and hope. Today, I want to take you back to the year we left behind, 2021, to reflect on the lessons learned and how they may help in preparing us for the year ahead. The year was eventful to say the very least. Between a worldwide pandemic, losing loved ones, illnesses, and heartbreak. But it was also a year of learning so much more about myself, even the parts I tried to deny exist. It was about finding my passion and aligning myself with what I wanted and needed in life to be able to grow and truly love myself. Many of us are on this journey to self-actualization and self-reflection. And so it is my hope and my wish that this episode may be a guide to leading you towards your path while I share a bit of mine. Stay tuned till the end where I discuss ways that have helped me to heal, love, and grow that I believe could help you or someone you love. The year had started with a virtual New Year celebration from the comfort of our living room. Makeup and hair done with fuzzy slippers that replaced the traditional heels I would sport each year at one of our epic New Year's bashes. January dragged as lockdowns continued, and there were more tragedies on the news than a soap opera. Like so many out there, I was seeking some human interaction that I tried virtual dating, only to be disappointed when virtual date number two would end up with some guy trying to show off dance moves that made Carlton look like a go-go dancer, or would feel this need to sport pajamas that were a few sizes too small, blaming it on COVID weight. February, the month of love, had shown me how powerful a mother's love could be. As I watched my daughter mediate being bullied by an organization she helped create, by a woman much older than I, I wanted to go into full mama bear mode and sweep in to rescue her, even to the extent of hiring lawyers. But as my 15-year-old Aliana explained so eloquently that this was her battle and I had to trust I gave her the skills she needed to handle the situation, I had to sit back quietly, not something that's ever been easy for me. And I had to watch as Aliana handled her first real conflict with poise and elegance. While I attribute my perfectly straight teeth to all the grinding I did, trying to restrain myself from interfering, I also had to learn a lot about myself, even parts of me that weren't so pretty. I knew then that I needed to start looking inwards. This is when my journey to self-reflection started. While the desire and the need to want to protect my daughter would be considered a normal parental trait. It was the dwelling and the urge and the impatience of not being able to have things done my way or on my time that I had to come to terms with. I had to learn patience and letting go, a theme that carried out throughout the entire year. By March, I was saying goodbye to one of my favorite aunts and a cousin, both who passed suddenly and not COVID-related. Not being able to attend funerals in person had amplified this inability to let go. 
I found myself wanting to see my aunt more and reflecting on my own life. She had passed with a doctorate and more titles behind her name than most people I know, but she never spoke of these. She was humble. She had left behind all her honorary work with no need for recognition. We're so driven by ego that we're willing to go to great lengths to protect and inflate it. And here was this woman in her final resting place, and no one knew her work, her titles, until she was no longer. It was at this point I knew there had to be more to my existence than just being a mama bear and dwelling on a deflated ego of not being able to be the hero to my daughter that I had tried so hard to be all her life. I had to learn to be authentic. Sadly, my ego came into play very quickly when it came to dating. After being engaged so many times that you become the running joke at every wedding, your ego takes a hit, and when it does, you bet I'm grabbing that pump and inflating that ego like the Goodyear blimp. So it was no surprise when I was online chatting with this guy daily and he suddenly ghosted me after finding out I had a daughter nearly half his age, that I took that ego pump and I convinced myself I was better off without him. Though secretly, I started second-guessing myself. Maybe not chatting with someone 12 years my junior was what I was to take from this. At least that's what I tried to convince myself. But it wasn't that at all. I had given more power and allowed my worth to be determined by a guy that I hadn't even met and who thought Justin Bieber was the next Michael Jackson. I mean, really? But like many of us, it takes repeating lessons over and over before we actually learn from them. It was Albert Einstein who said, the definition of insanity is repeating the same thing over and over and expecting different results. But that clearly didn't stop me. So in an attempt to stroke my ego and get over my pride, I jumped into the next relationship that had presented itself. Now, if you listened to my last episode, Detour of Life, you would remember this relationship as the one with all the red flags that I ignored. What I didn't mention was the why. It was obvious. In a time where we were in isolation, basing ourselves and being alone in our thoughts seemed so frightening and foreign that you were willing to do anything, including accepting lies and subpar treatment, just to avoid looking within. That is when I met Guy X. He was charming, said all the right things, and on our first date, he even helped me out with a marketplace transaction with some creepy guy. He had become a hero in my eyes. I had inflated his worth without him even having to do much of anything. So when Guy X told me the next day that his name was not what he had on his dating profile, with some excuse to avoid how his ex was going to find him on the dating app, I dismissed it and I continued seeing him. A week later, his story started to have holes, and this divorced single dad was trying to convince me I was paranoid. Thankfully, I do have a background in mediation, which has helped me filter through many lies, and it was only then that he admitted his entire sob story was in fact a facade. One he felt he needed to maintain because of his tragic childhood.
I was being love-bombed. The sob stories, the playing at the heartstrings. He even admitted he was a compulsive liar and selfish. Something any therapist would scream, run! But no, I had to prove I was capable of a relationship. I was the bigger person that wouldn't hurt him like the others, even though he had lied to me. I was justifying his actions rather than kicking him to the curb. How often in life do we find ourselves justifying bad behaviors of others, lowering our own self-worth? Yet we continue in these patterns so we don't feel so alone. We get confirmation that we're lovable, and even if it's for a short period of time. But depending on someone else to bring you happiness and to validate you is a grave mistake many of us make far too often. It is even worse when you find yourself in a relationship with a narcissist that point-blank tells you he's one. Any kind gesture given in the love-bombing phase was glorified by my love goggles. Like when my dryer, dishwasher, and lawnmower broke all in the same week, and Guy X looked up parts and repair shops, or when Guy X sent me to his mechanic because mine turned out to be quite unethical and a bit creepy. These are all acts of service that would be normal in a relationship. But I took it as he was so heroic and exceptional that I put him on a pedestal. I was willing to accept that he needed me to work around his schedule as he finalized his divorce and sold his matrimonial home. But that I came after his long list of people and things that needed to get done, yet I was not willing to do the same for myself. Now, I can't and won't blame Guy X for not making me a priority because I never made myself a priority. I stopped doing things I loved, like writing, learning a new skill, volunteering, because by the end of the day, I had knocked off more things on his list that the only energy I had was making meals and helping Aliana with her homework and teenage drama. I hadn't taken care of me. And as many who have heard my last episode, my physical health took a toll. The more ill I became, the less I saw of Guy X. I wasn't of use to him being ill, and having to take care of my own health was not part of his plan. That's when the lies started again. He tried to convince me that WhatsApp was lying about him being on the phone at 1am, and for a short while, I started questioning my reality. If you've ever been in a relationship with a narcissist, you will know that this is the discard stage. And it felt awful. I hit a low I had never hit before. I slept for days, crying, overanalyzing, doing spiritual cleanses, replaying every last day together where everything seemed so perfect. There was no fighting, no drama, just a gut feeling that led to this WhatsApp call. And that is when I knew the universe was telling me something wasn't right. It took my spiritual, physical, and mental health to come crashing down before I admitted I wasn't in a good place. I started to meditate, praying, and I even reached out for help. I've always been very independent, and growing up in a Southeast Asian family, 
We don't talk about feelings. We sweep them under the rug. But when there's a mountain of pain under that rug, eventually you trip and fall. I had to remove that stigma from my mind that I was weak and broken if I sought help. That's where the meditation came into play. Once I got into my own head, I reached out to my family doctor to get me the help I needed, therapy, meds, and even online classes. I wasn't the only one going through a mental health crisis. But between needing to be validated externally, coping with a pandemic, and being in a wheelchair suddenly from a relapse of transverse myelitis, a neurological illness that affects my left side and became paralyzed, I thought I would get a quick fix and be on my way. But so many also had their own struggles and stories as well, most being exacerbated by COVID. What kept me going was Aliana's Sweet 16. That was my focus. It was two months away, and I had to do everything in my power to make sure she had her mom, uninterrupted by all the chaos. So I had to put in the work. I'd done everything from taking the meds, checking in with my doctors, ordering and reading self-help books, gathering with friends, almost daily, whether it was sitting at a patio, taking up golf lessons, or paddleboarding. Aliana and I spent evenings binge-watching TV shows on Netflix, or shopping for cute outfits, and even a few cottage trips were on the agenda. I kept busy, I went through the motions, but I still had no relief. To the world, I was smiling and living my life. To me, a part of me felt dead inside. Anyone who's ever faced depression can attest to the loneliness within, even while wearing a smile. There was more that I needed to do, but what? I had already inundated my brain with all the self-help books Indigo had recommended. I listened to the greats like Jay Shetty, Oprah, Michelle Obama. Time was running out. It was only three weeks away from Aliana's Sweet 16, and I couldn't get out of my funk. That's when I took a step back, stopped trying to do everything myself, all at once, and I paused. I surrendered to the universe and gave gratitude for the signs that was as clear as day. It was then that my life started to shift, and for the better. I planned a 16-day countdown for Aliana's birthday, but with COVID restrictions, plans were altered, and the big indoor gala with the Cinderella dress and red carpet with a choreographed dance routine ended up being a backyard catered event surrounded by friends and family. The smile on her face and the speech that she prepared that spoke of gratitude, love, and family, left no dry eye in sight. It was priceless. Among her long list of influencers in her life, Aliana had paid tribute to one of my best friends, Nithin, who had been a father figure, a confidant, and a pillar of strength and love in our lives. I knew from that list we were surrounded by so many great people who had a positive impact on our lives. At 16, Aliana was strong, fierce, confident, and yet kind and gentle. She was teaching me about love and having confidence. I had raised her with positive affirmations, 
the belief that she could do anything she wanted, even basket weaving, but just to be the best at what she did and to find your passion. That is exactly what I needed to do. Find my passion. I received a call while I was going through my relapse from the hospital I had been volunteering at, asking if I would be interested in a co-facilitating opportunity, which I had brushed aside. But after Aliana's birthday and her inspirational speech, I decided to follow my passion and give back. With my doctor's full support, I was volunteering again and not dwelling on my problems, but not ignoring them either. My problems didn't seem so big and gratitude became part of my daily routine. When you see others in pain and suffering and you can put a smile on their faces or even ease their discomfort for just a moment, that is far greater therapy than some online course, at least for me. It gave me perspective. And when I started doing things I enjoyed, I started to smile, but from within. I got back into writing and podcasting something I found so therapeutic. I had to look within to be able to write authentically and to expose my truth. It had been cathartic. I even took myself off dating apps. My phone suddenly felt empty of apps and I could see my background display picture. It took time to realize I couldn't swipe left when I didn't like something or right when I wanted to give my sign of approval over the new fashion trends on Pinterest. For the first time in 17 years, I spent full days and nights alone. Aliana was away at some sleepover or another, and there I was, no social media, no phone, just me and my thoughts. I started dating myself. I got to know my favorite colors, drinks, foods, and that Even though I have over 150 pairs of shoes and three closets of clothes, I really only have a handful of items I truly love and needed. As my mind decluttered and I got to know me, I started making space and creating room in my physical world. I was letting go. I contemplated my life, where I had been, what I had accomplished, and where I wanted to go. I made a list of goals, put them into play, and I continued to practice self-love and self-care, including incorporating gratitude and affirmations into my daily practice. It took time and patience to see results and growth within, an everlasting mission that requires consistency, love, and kindness towards yourself. And though patience is a virtue, it was something I really struggled with. Ironically, as I started to focus on knowing me and loving myself, I had more offers and options to date than I had all year round, and not even from dating apps. The universe has a great sense of humor, as the day I posted my episode Alone for the Holidays, I had met a man like no other. The chemistry was explosive and not in a destructive, catastrophic way like most of my past relationships. It had penetrated my soul. I had shaken his hand at an event, and it felt like everyone else had disappeared. It wasn't a romantic connection, 
though he is quite attractive. But there was this energy that had been shared by both of us in just one handshake. No cheesy lines, no swiping, just a simple yet powerful handshake. The universe had connected us. Well, more like Instagram. But we spoke days on end, and while I was becoming more ill with my relapse for the second time this year, I saw the signs the universe was showing me. And this time, I was smarter, wiser. I even checked in with myself. I realized the lessons that needed to be learned. He taught me about my boundaries and being true to me, that love could come in many forms and not just as a romantic partner. I also knew I had a lot more work to do on myself and to continue on my path. I'm so grateful to the universe and to him for the lessons I learned. If we look carefully, within and all around us are signs from the divine guiding us And the more we let go and surrender, the more we'll be able to embrace the wonderful lessons we're to learn to help us heal past our pain, grow into the person we want to be, and love ourselves so we can eventually love others. 2021 was a tough year, but it taught me valuable lessons like patience, letting go, loving myself, and finding my passion and never giving anyone the power to determine my happiness. As we enter into 2022, my wish for you is to find your inner peace, let go of the things that do not serve you, and find your passion to grow into the person you're meant to be. Thank you for joining me on Heal, Love, and Grow with Hasina. Until next time.